You're listening to the Retirement Solution Podcast with John Hicks. Helping you solve the retirement puzzle. Welcome to the Retirement Solution with John Hicks. Here with John Hicks, I'm Jennifer Perry. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And remember, if you have questions for us that you'd like us to address, reach out to us at retirementsolutionradio.com. We often talk about the tax picture for families who want to leave something behind for their loved ones. But sometimes it's not the tax man, but it's the gift itself that could be the problem. Market Watch had a story recently, John, about just how quickly Americans tend to blow through an inheritance. It does probably make us worry a little bit about what we actually leave behind for our loved ones because we all have that family member that we know cannot be trusted necessarily with a large sum of cash. You know, I think this is probably one of the things that we've started talking more and more to our clients about over the last five or six years, mainly because uh, we work with more and more people that have done an awesome job saving. Mm-hmm. You know, they either have a really solid pension and they've saved, you know, a million dollars plus, or they've got a small family business and they know that they can sell that and they can have some proceeds from that, or they give that family business on. But what we've started talking about is, okay, what is going to give you fulfillment you know, as you go through retirement? Is it to just, you know, be able to do the things you want or is it to actually have some really good feelings of giving charitably or giving to your grandkids or taking the whole family down and all the grandkids or heck, even great grandkids on a Disney cruise or whatever your thing is. Because I do believe, and I remember hearing this from Father Jeff at my parish uh, years ago. He said, you know, sometimes you got to think about what your legacy is going to be. Do you want it to be just when you're gone? Or would you rather think about doing your giving while you're living? Hmm. And then here was his point to that. He said, I hate to make it seem like you can be selfish when you're talking about something like giving to others. But think about it. If you remember the last time that you gave something that truly brightened someone's life or made them feel good or someone in need, and you remember seeing their expression, the gratitude that they had made you feel so good. Why would yeah. you deprive yourself of feeling that awesome feeling of giving? Yeah. And he said, so as much as I hate to say it, there is something a little self-serving about doing your giving while you're living. And since that point in time, I have really thought about that. Because it doesn't do anyone a ton of good if you pass away and your kids or grandkids get $20 million of just cold, hard cash, right? Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. They're not going to be unhappy about that. Right. But how much better would it have been for them to have had their grandparents around them more often to have a vacation together and or to have spent a college graduation together or for you to have felt like you helped them pay for some of those expensive books in college or those bills or a portion of a wedding or things that would have given you a true feeling of pride, right? Yeah, that's what we and cherish. So, yeah. Exactly. And so when we started talking about these things, we started talking about legacies. And the amazing thing is, and I think this is part of it, and why I do really subscribe to do your giving while you're living, is because the average inheritance in the United States, and this is a Forbes magazine article, the average inheritance in the United States is completely spent within 122 days. (gasps) No matter what that amount is. Now, this could be $16. This could be $16 million. Uh, And the person that wrote the article was actually a little bit more cynical. And their whole point was, and that's probably only because it's tied up in probate or court for the first 60 to 90 days. 
Otherwise, it'd probably be spent a lot faster. Uh-huh. And so, Jennifer, you made the point earlier saying, you know, eh, every once in a while, we look around our family and we know those folks that were like, man, they would be good with money. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd probably pay off their debts. They'd probably put this money away for something. But then on the flip side, we have Uncle Cletus. <laughs> and if he got those dollars, or nephew Cletus in this example, <laughs> and if he were to be the benefactor of, of let's say, $6,000, my guess is he would take said $6,000 and buy an $18,000 bass boat. Yep. <laughs> so not only would he have blown the money, he would have gone into debt on it, right? <laughs> yes. And I laugh about that because I guess a sad truth is that I've had many clients tell me it's kind of exactly what happened to their family. Mm. And it's like, man. So I think part of what we talk about this when we're talking about inheritance is it really comes down to planning. Jennifer, I think a lot of people are not aware. I think a lot of people like to use this word, trust. Trust fund babies. Mm-hmm. They have a trust. They were born with a trust. And they think that this magical word means that you're multi-billionaires or something. Amazingly, a trust is just a, and I hate to say it, but it's, it's not simple. It's a complex legal document, mm-hmm. okay? I'm going to go ahead and call it what it is. It's a complex legal document. But here's what, what it allows people to do. It allows people to control their money from the grave. They can actually dictate how their money goes to certain people in their lives that they love very much and they cherish mm-hmm. over different periods of time okay. to ensure that even while they're gone, they're not able to offer that guidance to those survivors their trust can do that for them. Hmm. And those kids that you know or those grandkids are going to be great stewards of their money. They're going to be charitable. They're going to be wonderful. They're going to pay for their kids' uh, college, so forth. You know that they're going to be fine. But it allows you to take nephew Cletus (laughs) and ensure that he doesn't take your life savings, $1 million, $2 million, $7 million. And the first thing he does is take a cashier's check down to the Ferrari dealership. Right. right? Protect him from himself. Exactly. Exactly. Now, that's part number one. Now, part number two, and many people are not aware of this, if you pass away and you don't have a trust and your assets go through probate, that's public record. Hmm. So another interesting thing, Jennifer, is let's say that your grandkids or your kids, they have every intention of being good. But your assets go through probate and it's public record and people find out that someone inherited millions of dollars. Now, don't you think the Ferrari and the Porsche dealership are going to start calling a little bit more feverishly to those folks? for sure. What about all the realtors on the planet that just have this wonderful primo property that's discounted it you only have to two see point, today yeah. oh you oh and it's only 2.7 million dollars right <laughs> yeah knowing that you only inherited 1.5 uh-huh so the amazing thing is is what we find out is i know that we don't think about it as a matter of fact we think it's almost foolish that someone says well you don't understand the vultures come out when they find out you got money everyone's cousins come out when they find out that you just hit the Powerball and you get $80 million in your account. Well, so when it's public record, it's not just cousins. It's other people's cousins come out to try to take the money from you. So again, another reason that when we're thinking about our legacy planning, trusts could be an important part of that. 
So let me go ahead and give an example of, of someone that I feel that has done a good job. And unfortunately, uh, actually two people that passed away here recently, Alex Trebek. Mm -hmm. um, Alex Trebek was the longstanding host on, uh, on Jeopardy. And unfortunately, he recently passed away from, uh, from pancreatic cancer. Just 10 days after he stopped working. Unbelievable. So, yeah. it, and this may feel a little weird, uh, but if you're watching, it goes all the way up to December 24th. If you're watching Jeopardy, they are going to be considered, quote unquote, their live episodes or their unrun episodes. Mm -hmm. Alex Trebek will appear on your television all the way up until December 24th. Um, and those were the last things that he did before he passed away. And so there's a little bit of, of, of something about that, but let me give you the good piece of that. Alex Trebek gave a legacy to his family of about $75 million. Um, and he did it mostly in the form of trusts. Oh. Now, amazingly, a lot of people said, man, he was on TV for a long time. Mm -hmm. Should it have been more than that? Alex Trebek gave over $26 million of land and properties and assets to many local parks where he oh. lives in California. He gave over $7.5 million to the University of Ottawa. I believe it was the University of Ottawa, wow. uh, where he was uh, an alum there. The amazing thing is, is that he had many trust arrangements in place to ensure that his legacy would not be blown, that he didn't work in vain, that he gave the best he could while he was around. And amazingly enough, he's going to leave a legacy for his, his family after that. Yeah. I think it's very wise. Oh, cool, yeah. Another one that unfortunately passed away recently was Sean Connery. Oh, Sean Connery. Most people remember him from being James Bond. 007. Sean Connery's estate was worth a little over $350 million at his passing. But that wasn't one of the more amazing things when I started looking through this. Not only does he have an amazing series of trusts in the right places, Sean Connery potentially gave up $450 million dollars by turning down the role of Gandalf in The Lord of the Rings. Oh, wow. Uh, Sean oh, Connery man. was given the most lucrative deal ever to be given in modern movie history. It, he was given a 15% stake in all box office for The Lord of the Rings, but he turned it down. He turned it down because he said, I just don't quite understand the screenplay. I don't huh. quite understand okay. it. So we I don't it understand it either. I'm with Sean on this one. But, but that's okay. $450 <laughs> million, dollars, oh, which boy. is a tremendous amount of money. Uh. So I'm sure that didn't bother him knowing that his estate was $350 million. But yeah. having said that, it's not about the amount of money. Uh -huh. Is that these folks, regardless of those numbers, you could put a couple decimal places a little bit more in front of that. Mm -hmm. $750,000 was a good amount of money to consider. Is your money going to go to the right places when you're gone? If the average inheritance is spent in less than six months, guys, don't we want to make sure that our 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years on this planet aren't blown up that quickly? Right. We personally do not create trusts, but we work with great planning attorneys that do that. And as a fiduciary, we're going to be honest. Do you or don't you need them? Mm -hmm. But for most people, it's that what they've worked for, they get to utilize the best while they're here. And once they're gone, it goes to the places that they would rather it go. Can I ask you the obvious question here that a lot of people have? And I think the hesitation a lot of families have about having this discussion sure. is the cost. Sure. So is it expensive to set up a trust? Some trust can be very expensive. Okay. But the average person that we're talking to and you saved, you know, $7 million, $6 million, all the way down to you just want to trust and you have a, a couple hundred thousand. Usually it's less than $1,500. Wow. And I've okay. seen them done, Jennifer, correctly by a quality Kentucky attorney for less than $1,000. Wow. So when you think about it, it can often be the same cost as just getting your wills updated mm -hmm. and having durable powers of attorney.
questions for John? Drop us an email at retirementsolutionradio.com. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if John Hicks is licensed in your state, please call 502-690-5635. J. Hagen Capital Inc. is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through John Hicks, Kentucky Insurance License Number 998827. 